You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. I want to tell you a story. Steve and I, my husband Steve, and I planned a date night not long ago. And we decided to go on a hike in the Wissahickon. I knew I needed some exercise um, after sitting most of the day, and the weather was lovely, so we wanted to be outside. From the time that we got there and started walking along the path, I started talking. Uh, I was a lot like one of our kids, actually. I couldn't, I just couldn't stop. Um, But everything that came out of my mouth was negative. I was grumpy, I was critical, I was pessimistic. It was, it was bad. And Steve gently tried to point, point this out, um, but I was not ready to hear from him or do anything about it. After a while, he, he offered that I could go run ahead and work some of this out. I told him I didn't want to run. I wanted to be with him to which he remained notably silent. (laughs) So then I tried to be quiet too, uh, but it just kept coming out. All of the stuff I was worried about and frustrated by. And finally, we got to a divergent path and he recommended that I go on as long as I needed to, and he was going to take the path back to the car. And I reluctantly agreed. As I went along, my stream of thoughts just continued. So many things I was worried about, critical of, frustrated about, aching over. And the path eventually came to uh, the water and I stopped to watch it move. Only then, when I stopped, did I remember that I have this practice of praying by the water. I find rocks one at a time And I let them represent my prayers and I throw them into the water. Nothing magical happens in this process. Uh, It just helps me, helps me to name the person that I love and present my request and then give them over to God. It helps me to identify the problem I'm having and, and assign it to something that I can actually release or it helps me uh, even recognize the ache that I'm feeling and watch it sink as I imagine it in the depths of the heart of God. So doing this uh, reminded me how much I needed to pray so that grace could win in my heart. In each of these situations or people or issues that I was praying about, I was tempted to stay in the seat of judgment. My pessimism, my um, assessment, my harshness was my judgment. As if I had the capacity to relate to these things with some kind of final authority. Thank God I do not. And, And praying actually allowed me to see that I didn't have to keep fighting with my limited capacity to tolerate or to manage these things. 
I was released from that battle and God's grace got in there. And I came back to the car, grateful for Steve's gracious way of responding to my very undateable self. We all need grace. Uh, we are not who we want to be all of the time. Sometimes we get stuck in unhealthy patterns. We treat the people that we love poorly. We fail at doing what we said we would do. We never quite live up to the, our expectations of ourselves or perhaps other people's expectations for us. We need grace for who we are now even as we grow into who we want to be. And grace is unmerited favor. It's, it's freely given. It's not something that we earn or deserve. It is a gift from God and from those around us. But we don't always get grace from those around us. And it seems hard to come by sometimes. I think our society teaches us that we have to earn favor and other people need to earn it from us. We get what we deserve, so you have to work for it. Which means that when we don't measure up or perform or produce well enough, when we are not our best selves, we don't deserve approval or favor from others. And then when we do get grace, sometimes it's hard to receive it. All the messages that about our, um, our, our worth stand in opposition to a gift of grace if we feel like we didn't earn it. If our identities or our sense of ourselves are tied up in our worthiness, it's hard to receive grace or give it to ourselves. Has anyone ever told you like, to give yourself some grace? It's usually because they are seeing that we're having a hard time doing that. We don't want to need grace. Yes. We usually want to earn it. True. But we don't get God's grace by deserving it or achieving the perfection that we might require of ourselves or others. Jesus does not put us to the test all day so that we can prove our value. He died for us so that we are free, we can be free from the powers that condemn us all day long. In Christ, we, are no, we no longer live under condemnation. We are saved by grace through faith. And it's not of ourselves, it's a gift from God. But when we are so influenced by the world around us or by our families of origin or our schools or jobs that evaluate and reward us according to our performance, um, by the sense that our worth is determined by what we deserve, we can have trouble appreciating the great grace in which we now stand because of Jesus. In Romans 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand. In Gwen's talk last week, she was talking about these evil days and what it takes to stand your ground for good as a Jesus follower when there's a real battle going on from, from outside of us and inside. Sometimes it feels like the battle for good can just get caught in us because we are struggling to do good ourselves and we know how often we fail. If our mindset is formed by the world and based on our performance, we can easily condemn ourselves. But when we're following Jesus, the invitation, the call, is to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To live in this new reality where we're not condemned by our sin, but alive with God in Christ. It's hard to do when we want to deserve the favor of God and those around us. It's hard to do when we are pulled into condemning ourselves for all the things that we know that other people might not know. It's hard to do when we keep messing up. We need to pray so that grace wins. Depending on how much you know about the story of the Bible and the work of Jesus, you might wonder, didn't grace already win? And I would say yes. In a cosmic way, grace won. Jesus did already defeat the power of sin and death. There is now no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus, there is a new rule, a new kingdom that gives life and sets us free from the rule of condemnation and sin. And every time we live in grace, God's kingdom is revealed through us on earth as it is in heaven. But how do we get there? It takes working out. How do we live in grace when we're so prone to condemn ourselves or be condemned by the world? We need to pray so that grace wins. You can pick anything that's going on in your life and pray so that grace wins. Judgment can be so pervasive in us that we can be stuck judging everything that happens and miss the opportunity to let God's grace in there and change the way that we are relating to whatever it is or whoever it is. I think that prayer does two things. Prayer helps us get in touch with God's grace for us. I think of prayer as like a turning to God. When we get turned in on ourselves, we lose track of the grace in which we now stand. So prayer is, is like uncurling like growing up towards God. And when our prayers are all about us, even, even when our prayers are all about us, what we struggle with, what makes us angry, what we think we need, 
the practice of prayer slowly, maybe imperceptibly, uncurls us from ourselves. We change when we pray. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's fast enough. Is it wearisome to realize that, uh, it is wearisome to realize that we're not as far along as we hope we would be. But prayer is about pointing our hearts and our minds to God. And praying gets us in touch uh, and st staying in touch with God's grace for us. And when we go to prayer, we can ask to be ready to be changed. We can ask God to forgive our eyes on us and ask to see what is ours in Christ in this situation. Because we're often praying out of our sense of lack and we need eyes to see what is already ours in Christ. I'll give you one example from this past week. Many of you know that we terminated the agreement of sale on 115 West Shelton Avenue. This building project has been an enormous effort and it's been on our trajectory for a long time. So ending the deal was a big deal. We've invested a lot of hours and research and negotiations and walkthroughs and resources. And Rebecca McClendon, our project manager, said to me, if this was a business corporation decision, the outcome would have been paramount to the process and it would have seemed like a huge failure. But our flipped view is amazing and I'm trying to embrace that in many other areas of my life. That flipped view that she's talking about is possible because of God's grace. We stand in God's grace. We are not condemned to our limited capacity to manage these things or what we could what could be assessed as our failures. We're opened up to the reality that God is moving in all the mobilizing and organizing and trust building and dialogue that happened. We can have grace for ourselves, even amidst disappointment, to allow all of our development and our extended capacity and our new connections to bring glory to God. It's more about how we move through this experience than what actually, what the outcome actually is. And prayer helps us stay in touch with that kind of grace. The second thing I think prayer does is that it helps us stay in touch with God's grace for others. This is about aligning with God in how we see other people. It's so easy to become our own reference point. We're, we're quick to base our judgment or our grace for someone on what we think they deserve or what they earn from us. We become the center of relating to all things instead of God. And through prayer, God is the reference point. Grace wins over judgment because God's grace is the deeper truth that we now live in. We stand in grace and we are then able to relate to others with that same kind of grace that we ourselves have received. Grace actually gets worked out through us to other people. In Acts 20, 24, 
The Apostle Paul talks about how he considers his life worth nothing to him. His only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task that the Lord Christ has given him. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The good news of God's grace came through Jesus and now it comes through us as his body into people and situations that we find ourselves. There's not much good news if we ourselves are not offering grace. Our life and what we deserve, how we feel about others is not the reference point. Our prayer, and prayer helps to align us with God in how we see other people. Now, it may seem like grace doesn't survive in the real world, like living like that is unrealistic or something. I was talking with a friend this week who was telling me about her work and basically described how everyone is petty and negative, kind of making their own rules, looking out for themselves. It sounded like everyone is so defended that showing grace to others might seem laughable even, perceived as a weakness. And that might be true, but the alternative is that harshness and judgment win and everyone is condemned to themselves and the isolation of what they deserve. So we have to pray so that grace wins in us too, or we, we too are condemned to ourselves and our isolation. I mentioned a few weeks ago how bad the weeds in my front garden were, specifically the morning glory vines. I spent some time weeding, and I noticed how the vines had become so thick and intertwined that they, over my ferns, that they were pulling them down enough that the ferns had just died off. So I was pulling this blanket of vines off the ferns, and the dead stalks were coming with them. And I cleared all of that out. I had, I had let it go so long that I hadn't even noticed what was dying under there. I think that regular prayer, however you do it, whether it's with rocks or in a journal or while you run or wait for the bus or in a specific prayer space that you have, is like the act, the regular act of weeding. It's pulling back whatever's choking off the grace of God in your heart. It's, it's getting untangled, letting the light and the water get to whatever God is growing up in you. And in doing that, the ferns started to grow again. That's them right up against the house. The more we get freed up to grow in God's grace, the more we will start to see it everywhere. We recognize it and almost smell it even. Evidence of God's grace is everywhere. And we develop eyes to see it, that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which God has called you, the riches of God's glorious inheritance in God's people, and God's incomparably great power for those of us who believe. Grace is powerful. 
It transforms our relationship with God and with others. It is by grace that we are saved. Let us pray so that grace wins in our hearts over and over again. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.